Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another hopefully fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, still on Facebook, Thurston. And with me, as always, is Charles, not on Facebook anymore, Thompson. How's it going today, man? Uh, You know, two things. One, now you're starting to use the word hopefully fantastic. And I'm like, what happened to the Nate who was full of manifestation, who was just always knowing that it was going to be a great episode. Yeah. These Dude, days, now this potentially yeah. hopeful, well, maybe I guess it's a, going to be a good show. What happened to the confidence? I don't know. I, you know, I guess we had a few, these last two or three episodes. I, 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 I wasn't keeping track. I just, now I'm just noticing. I'm like, what the hell, man? If you go back through the transcripts, sir, yesterday was the first time I said, hopefully fantastic. And it did turn out to be fantastic. And I hope today does too. You know what? Screw it. It's going to be fantastic because we got to talk about the vice presidential debate. The the fact that Charlie Charlie just got removed from Facebook for no apparent reason. I am appalled at this moment. And you know, I don't really, I I don't care that much, but um, I never got a warning. I never, nothing ever said like, Hey, if you do this again, you're gone. My account my Facebook account was disabled and they're telling me that it cannot be reversed because I have violated community standards. So I made a list. I'm on a list. I'm on someone's list. Congrats. Goal achieved. That was part of my bucket list. I don't know what I, I honestly don't know what I did. You unlocked I, part of the libertarian dream. I made a, I made a list and I can't see what the live group is saying. I'm going to have to create a new Facebook now. Um, and, you know, it kind of sucks because I had a lot of pictures on there that I, the only thing I liked Facebook for were there were some old pictures that I really cared about. And I was like, oh, I'll just leave them on Facebook because they'll never go anywhere. And uh, well, now they're now they're now they're gone. How about that? Now, can you um, if that's the only place that you have those photos, can you sue Facebook for taking that those photos away from you? Probably no, should. Not really, because you actually just gave them to Facebook, I guess. And yeah, so. But I- under the assumption, I mean, it was a clear yeah. assumption that they would hold them safe for me. I guarantee you inside the fine print, it could literally be written in there. Charlie Thompson, we will take your photos, hit accept, and you hit accept more than likely. Yeah, that's what happened. Way down that's there in the I fine print, I'm it. saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy because I made, yeah, man, I made that Facebook like in 2007 or something like that. I don't have anything important on mine because I forgot the the login for my original Facebook. Now, that seems impossible, but I went through a period of time for about a year where I didn't have Facebook. And when I decided I needed to have Facebook again, I got rid of it because I was losing too many friends. And so I just was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know what actually happened was I got in an argument with, uh, with Dustin Burnett one night. And... So that night I uh, did whatever the, I didn't delete my account, but I shut it off and took it off my phone and disabled it basically. And I was like, this isn't worth it. And then when we decided to create Good Morning Liberty, you got to have a Facebook account to create a Facebook page. So I was like, all right, I'll get back on here. Couldn't remember my login. Didn't have the old email, had a different phone number, all that stuff. I know what happened now. I know what happened. What is it? I think someone reported me for my cover photo. What's your cover photo? My cover photo was my son uh, playing with the dog out in the sprinkler and he was in his underwear. That's, I don't know. That sounds kind of weird. I don't know if that's it. That could be the only thing that I've done. But I I used to, when I was a kid, I played in the sprinkler and (laughs) and in the rain in my underwear and he's turned on his backside. It's not like you can tell that it's underwear. You could be like, Oh, it's just a swimsuit. <laughs> oh God. They're coming for your lungs now too. And I'm dying. Yeah. This is a very wow. big effort on their part overall. <laughs> yeah. I don't really think that's it. Man. I see something. stuff. I see stuff all the time. Now that is one thing you could think that would be uh, terrible enough that, uh, that they would just delete something and say that you couldn't do it. Like, like they would say, okay, a indecent exposure for a child here, you're gone. Like, but, or delete the photo or something, or tell me like that's not a good photo. I bet if I did a full review of cuties, including the video of the cuties with Netflix and all that, I would be just fine. Oh yeah, 
Actually, it probably would push you to the top of the everyone's algorithms if you did that. Somebody must. Somebody had to report me for that. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. Well, um, outside of Charlie's tendency to post child pornography on his Facebook, what else is going on? <laughs> let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the vice presidential debate, which Charlie did not watch. I have watched two times because I was trying to cut clips from it. Eventually, I'll tell you this. I saw about 30 seconds of it last night. Did it involve a fly? What happened was is by the time I got done working, I don't know, it was like 830 or something like that. And we sat down to eat dinner and we wanted to eat dinner while watching the boys. The new show on Amazon. And Love that show. I turned on the TV and my YouTube TV was still streaming and it was on the debate. So we had about 30 seconds before I switched over to Amazon Prime. To watch the so I watched 30 seconds yeah uh, so the big news from the debate was during the debate a fly landed on Mike Pence's head which is similar to the time that a bird landed on Bernie Sanders podium during the speech and and brought to him roughly 200 delegates uh, this was in fact an homage uh, well not an homage this was actually um, just a little glimpse into the future about how uh, Mike Pence is obviously going to lose in the election, if you were to look on leftist Twitter. So if you look on the hashtag, Mike Pence won the debate or Pence won the debate, it's literally just a bunch of people that are talking about the fact that there was a fly. And especially if you look at Kamala won the debate on the hashtag, just a bunch of people posting pictures of a fly on Mike Pence's head, which is how you know that your candidate actually didn't win is your, your point that you won is that an insect that was in the large building landed on a person that was in the building. And then you say, look, my candidate won. And if that's the best thing you can come up with, then you got some big problems. I'll tell you that. But I was telling Charlie beforehand, and you guys tell me in the private Facebook, and Charlie, I will relay that information to you since you can't see it. And uh, Charlie's not here right now. Um, I will I will relay that information to Charlie. Who do you guys think won the debate? Did anyone win the debate? I cannot come up with a clear winner. Because, you know, I think there were points scored on both sides. I don't think Pence really uh, struck, you know, just really knocked it out of the park enough to be called the winner. I think he made some good points. But coming from Mike Pence, it's kind of like listening to a, to a tree tell you something, and it, which would just be really boring because it would take a long time. And I can't figure out if Mike Pence actually has any type of personality whatsoever. Coming from Kamala Harris, she struck the same points that the that the left is making all the time. And um, I think she does a good job making those points because she is uh, so well-versed in uh, psychopathy. So I, I think that uh, I think she did a pretty good job getting those points across just because of how good of a liar she is. And so that you, you could give the win to her just, just based on that. I don't know. A few things I took notes on were just blatant Kamala lies. Still, still just hammering in this whole fine people on both sides comment. It, if you took two seconds, actually you need to take about 35 seconds and you listen to the clip you would know that the whole narrative around this freaking fine people thing from the Charlottesville riots or protests or whatever is completely made up. It is not a fact whatsoever. We already <clears throat> did the fact check. We already did the fact check on this. Still saying facts. And all I'm saying, listen, this is not a support of Donald Trump. This is a support of wanting to hear people at least talk about things that are true while they're up there. And if you're going to make the case, no, it's hilarious. I had someone, this might, this might be where it is. That's someone on Facebook the other day. I was talking to them about this thing and I was like, look, Trump's done plenty. All right. For you to bash him over for us to bash him over plenty of things. He said plenty of things he's done. However, this is just not true. And I copied and pasted the, the fact check article from BBC at the time. And then the guy came back and he's like, well, you must be one of them special kind of idiots, you big, dummy, stupid man. Because look at this video. And he sent me the doctored video. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, 
I didn't call him any names. I was just like, I don't know who you are, but here's one from Snopes in case you need it. And uh, he didn't respond. And now I'm disabled. So that's what it is. That's I mean, it's, um, straight white male hate. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people uh, being able to not being able to respond to people when they make decent points. I was going to get a lot done today and then I got on Twitter and I've actually just been uh, I've actually just been t- tweet fighting people all day. And what I have found was among uh, most of the people that I engaged with, uh, none of them would actually respond by defending their ideas whatsoever. And that is something that really bothers me. And what would basically happen is I would present a counter argument and the response is something about me either being a racist or being a Nazi or being an idiot, being completely ignorant. And I kept pressing people on like, can you respond with a with with some type of argument for your point? And I only got out of probably the 15 people I had a couple back and forth with today. I had one person that continued to respond back and forth and have an actual conversation via Twitter about our different ideologies. I got one person. Uh, The bulk of other people would just post memes or would post GIFs or would do something like that in response. It would never actually respond. Guys, if your ideology is so weak that you can't muster up one simple rebuke to someone else's rebuke of your ideology, some type of defense of your ideology, uh, then you've got a pretty weak ideology. You, you just do. If, if, if step one is your opponent is a Nazi, then you lost the argument. That is called the um, uh, Godwin's Law, is what that's called. I had to look it up because I had to post it to a few people who literally just responded with the fact that I was a Nazi and then wouldn't say anything back. Goblin's Law is an internet adage asserting that an online discussion, as as an online discussion grows longer, the probability of a comparison involving Nazis or Hitler approaches one, meaning it will eventually happen. <laughs> that is, if an online discussion, regardless of topic or scope, goes on long enough, sooner or later, someone will compare someone or something to Adolf Hitler or his deeds. The point at which effectively discussion or, or thread often ends. So this is uh, comes from the American attorney and author Mike Godwin in 1990, and it what what he basically said was the person who invokes Hitler or Nazis first loses the argument because they had nothing else to go to, mm. and I think that that is a pretty I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I think that's pretty true. If that's what you have to go to right off the bat, then you don't have any points, you don't have any parts of an argument to make at all. You're just going to go with the worst possible thing. Oh, you don't agree with me? You're Hitler. Guess what? You lost. You lost mm. when you said that. So I agree. So there's that. Uh, she would not answer the questions about packing the Supreme Court. Would would not do that. Still refused to in an annoying fashion because this was a debate where people actually had time to talk for more than five to ten seconds. And there wasn't all them interruptions? No. And the link that which the links to which she would go to skirt around that question and come up with a a BS politician response to fill one to two minutes without having to answer that question were honestly quite impressive. They really were. Uh, 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 so hats off to her for, for being able to BS for a couple minutes while not answering a specific question and make it sound like you were a- answering the question. So there's the other point where uh, I thought... I actually thought Pence did a good job um, making the point when Biden says that he's not going to raise taxes on anyone that makes more than $400,000 a year. So the, the, the insinuation has been that Biden's going to raise everyone's taxes. And Biden and Harris have came out saying we, we absolutely will not raise taxes on anyone who makes less than $400,000 a year. And Pence made a good point. He said, you said that you would repeal the Trump tax cuts which cut taxes for uh, pretty much everyone across the board by way of deductions, pretty much. What I saw and, is anybody making uh, less than 100000 basically won't get taxes raised, but anybody making more than 100000 
you will have your taxes raised and they want to raise the corporate income tax from 21 to 28%. Yeah. And that 100,000 by the way is going to be your household income, not your not one single individual. Right. Uh, so that that is an important point to make and I'm glad that Pence made it inside of the tax cuts and jobs act or whatever that thing was called were the doubling of standardized deductions which did help a lot of people out it helped it helped me out probably helped a lot of other people out um if you remove the tax cuts and jobs act then you would uh de facto be removing those deductions as well and that would technically raise the tax burden for a lot of people who make less than $400,000 a year. And you could do that and still say that you are not going to raise taxes on people and say, I'm just going to get rid of the Trump tax cuts. And so you see how you can kind of skirt that line right there. I'm not going to sign a bill that raises taxes on people, but I will be completely okay with getting rid of Trump tax cuts, which lowered the tax burden for a lot of people. And you can still say that you're not going to actively raise people's tax percentage. But by default. But by default, people's tax will go up. So that's, uh, you know, just annoying stuff like that. And, you know, whatever, they're still talking about this fracking thing. I didn't realize there were so many people that worked in fracking that, that this was such a major issue. Um, I don't know a lot of frackers myself. I don't know if you know any, Charlie. But, mm. uh, I mean, Biden has said a bunch of times that he was going to end fracking. He said, I guarantee it. I guarantee we'll end fossil fuels. He said that it would not. I mean, literally, you can look up videos over and over and over again of him saying that he's going to ban fracking. And he's going to end fracking. So with whatever, what bothered me was just the clear and obvious lies. And I listened to a little bit of uh, Dave Rubin earlier, and he made a good point, which is that, can you imagine knowing that the media were so behind you that you could literally get on a stage and outright lie about things that could be looked up on YouTube in a span of a couple minutes and you could be proven wrong? that you knew the media were so far behind that were, were backing you so hard that you knew you could get on stage and outright lie about words that people said and feel like you're going to be able to get away with doing it. And not be challenged. And not be challenged on it. Yeah. That is an amount, of, that's, some, that's some power you can't buy right there because the fact check is all over the place. They're everywhere. You're talking about words that people said. So you can look up, oh, let me look at this speech. What words did the person say? And you're like, well, um, I just heard the words that the person said. And turns out uh, you lied about that. It'll take a couple minutes. That's all it takes. And to know that people are not going to go through the process I just lined out is an amount of power that I don't know how you achieve it. It's insane. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. That's all I got from the debate. I don't know who actually won. I don't know. I know who lost, the American people. That's who lost. That's the old, that's the old thing you to may, say right you there. Me and your your communist uncle. I think we by default, lost. Spike Cohen won last night. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. You know, sorry, I didn't have much commentary there because I just didn't watch it, and yeah. I apologize to our followers. But um, you know, most people probably didn't watch the VP debate last night. Because they knew that it wasn't going to be as funny as the regular. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Yeah. You know, Mike Pence is very, um, well, very tree-like, as they say. Block of wood, just kind of standing there. Doesn't really get too animated or anything like that. He's just kind of a guy. He, wouldn't, then, uh, he wouldn't even hurt a fly. We know that for sure. Exactly. He wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't even hurt a fly. That was invading his space. <laughs> And the fly uh, had aggressed upon him. Now, big question here, Charlie. Can flies carry coronavirus? I don't know. Was that fly screened beforehand? I have no idea. We do we Did know the see, results of that fly's COVID test? Do you think Trump is gonna pull out of the second debate? Did you see that? Is that in here? He said he would not do a virtual debate. No, I did not put that in there. Um, that he said he would not do a virtual debate. Right. And so they're saying the next debate's gonna be virtual. So I don't know. I, I, there's a couple of reasons. One, 
they can way more easily just hit mute or go away from him. And he's not going to like that at all. And two, we all know that Joe Biden uses a teleprompter anytime he is speaking when it is not right up live in front of a group of people. And we have seen we've seen the reflections of the teleprompter in his little basement bunker in the things that are hanging around the walls and stuff like that. You can clearly see that he's reading off of a teleprompter. And for them to clearly be able to type responses into Joe's brain during the debate, I think is something that Trump does not want to have happen at all. Right. It's going to be, um, it'll be interesting to see if they push it back or just decide. I I don't think it's a good look if Trump doesn't do it. I could be wrong. I don't think he's losing his base, but I don't know. The whole debates, you know, it's all rigged anyway. Yeah, I mean, basically none of it matters. If Trump does win, we're just going to swing even harder left in four years. And everyone needs to be, uh, everyone just needs to be preparing for that because the, this, this pendulum is going to swing. It's going to take a hard NASCAR left pretty soon. And we all just need to be set up and ready for that when it happens. Um, I was going to mention real quick about, you know, you remember that whole COVID thing going around? You know, coronavirus. Um, I'm not sure what it, what is that. Uh, it is this uh, this illness, this virus that goes around, and um, you you have to have either some unapproved medications or uh, cowbell, and those are the only things that you can have to get rid of it. But it's been hmm. harming a lot of people. Very serious, very serious disease. I was looking at the death rate. So I was like, how many people are dying from this thing? No one's talking about. It. All we hear about are the case counts. That's all we're really hearing about. What's so I, the death rate now? Well, I got onto the CDC's website. And I wanted to see um, how many people were dying. I don't like it when any people die. I'm not. I'm. I'm heavily opposed to death. And you know, last week it says these are week-ending date in which the death occurred. So we've got some data for week-ending ten three. Now, I'm going to assume that that has not been fully reported, although it, they kind of they kind of say it has, but I don't think it's been fully reported. It's very interesting that since last week, or since, since that week's death count, you know what the, the next lowest death count was from last week? This is how low the death count is right now. Before it, was, it started? So like way back in mid-March. Okay. Other than that, the previous week's COVID deaths for the week are right around the level of uh, mid-March mm. when when this whole thing started. And the, mm. you know what the next week is other than mid-March? The week before, at the end of September, is the, mm. next, is the next highest if you're going from the lowest death counts per week. So Why is no one talking about that? Because that's not beneficial to anyone who runs a media company. You don't mm. you don't push media by saying, "Hey guys, everything's okay." That is yep. not how you get ratings in media. Get back to work. Yeah, no. What you want to know is in Wisconsin, their COVID positive test rate has increased by like twenty percent in the last couple of weeks. That's what you want to know. That's what. That's, that's the important what, part. That's the pressing issue. Yeah. Now I'm not saying this isn't a problem. This is not a hoax. Not saying it's not a problem, but we should at least talk about the fact that we are right now experiencing about the lowest death count since the whole thing began. And I don't know. I feel like that matters in some kind of way. That's some good news on a Thursday, man. How about that, man? Huh? It's, it's uh, let, just, me talk, let me talk about the old, old wooden ship, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how old she is now, but she is defying death. I can tell you that she's taking the same thing Biden is. I'll tell you yeah. that this coming from the Hill Pelosi. We're going to be talking about the 25th amendment. All right. So speaker Nancy Pelosi from a uh, Democrat from California <clears throat> said Thursday that Democrats will hold an event on Friday. Why just Democrats, by the way, I don't know. Democrats will hold an event on Friday to discuss the 25th amendment amid concerns over president Trump's coronavirus diagnosis. Tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow, we come here tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the 25th Amendment. 
but not to take attention away from the subject we have now, she said in response to a question at a press conference regarding a possible coronavirus stimulus package. When pressed for clarification as to whether Pelosi believes it is time to invoke the 25th Amendment, which uh, delineates presidential succession, she declined to provide an explicit answer, but hinted the discussion was tied to what she said was a lack of transparency from the White House over Trump's health. Quote, I'm not talking about it today, except to tell you, if you want to talk about that, we'll see you tomorrow, she said. But you take me back to my point. Mr. President, when was the last time you had a negative test before you tested positive? Why is the White House not telling the country that important fact about how this made a hotspot of the White House? Pelosi's office did not immediately respond to requests for comment from the Hill regarding details for Friday's event. That's interesting that she says here, when was the last time you tested negative? Before you test the positive, is he supposed to be, be is he supposed to be tested like every hour or something? Like, uh, uh, he's probably the tested protocol every day. Huh? He's probably tested every day. Uh, uh, yeah, they're trying. So there's two things I think they're doing here. One, this is a good election tactic on their part is to be not only trying to reelect a president who has been impeached, but to be trying to reelect a president who has got to be one of the first in a long time who is being subjected to the 25th Amendment by Congress. And inside of this hearing, what I am assuming is they can subpoena all of his medical records before the election. That is, that is my assumption, is that they will be able to do that. And what they are trying to release is that he actually knew he had had a positive test long before he announced that he had a positive test. I think that that is the main thing they are trying to break right hmm. now. So uh, it's a it's a great election tactic on their part. It'll be interesting to see what they what they come up with. But it's it's just more of like all the links that they'll go through to try and not have Trump as the president. You know, we dealt with the impeachment thing. We've dealt we're dealing we're gonna deal with the twenty fifth amendment thing. Like the just Russia. throw everything we can at this. And instead of just leaving it up to the people to vote and see how the election comes out, um, I think people are a little bit more worried about that than they're letting on. I still think there's going to be a massive issue with the uh, voter with the vote counting. Massive, big, mm -hmm. like Supreme Court. Are we going to count the mail-in votes type of issue here? And I, we're going to have, I think we're going to have a pretty big problem when it comes up to this. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Trump announced Friday that he was diagnosed with the coronavirus with a slow drip of White House staffers, campaign aides and outside advisors announcing in subsequent days that they, too, had contracted the virus. Reports surfaced Thursday that 34 White House staffers and other contacts have been infected with the coronavirus in recent days. We all know Trump spent four days at Walter Reed. He had an antiviral drug. He was placed on supplemental oxygen at times during his treatment. He returned to the White House Monday, but faced criticism after he left the residence Tuesday to work in the Oval Office, interacting with other staffers while he may still be contagious. The president's doctors have briefed the media on a number of occasions and released several memos providing updates on Trump's health, including detailing the types of medication he's taken. Wednesday, the White House physicians reported that the president had been asymptomatic for 24 hours. So... Hey, maybe those antiviral drugs really work. Who knows? Jeff said they have to pass the 25th Amendment removal so we can find out what's in it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, what's interesting. Um, the, the 25th Amendment. I, I don't know how you actually like invoke it, because the thing about the 25th Amendment um, is it essentially if the president's not fit for office, then the vice president takes over. Um, and then the vice president would appoint another vice president actually um does the vice so does like, the speaker not become the vice president at that time no no mm. that does not happen because then um, it'd be like well that's why nancy's trying to do this <laughs> let's, um let me see here because i just read it in uh section four i believe so um, says, whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress made by law provide transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and of the speaker of the House of Representatives, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. 
the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the speaker of the House of Representatives, his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and the majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or of such other body as Congress may by law provide transmit within four days to the president pro uh, of the Senate and the speaker of the house of representatives, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Um, So then it says thereupon Congress shall decide the issue assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session. If the Congress within 21 days after receipt of the letter written declaration, or if Congress is not in session within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, determines by two thirds vote of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. So, so like I said here, this has, I mean, there's no chance that Trump would be removed from office. There's no yeah, chance. Yeah, you have to get two-thirds but in both, both chambers. This could be a very, very effective way to subpoena his medical records. That's, uh, that's, that's, really, that's really all I see from this. That's, that's what so I you're see. saying that they think he was infected long before he knew about it and intentionally spread it around the White House. Well, I wouldn't say intentionally spread it around, but can you imagine... If you found out that he had tested positive before the debate with Biden and then went to the debate with Biden to to debate him, um, just what kind of a news piece that would be. And it would already be a massive news piece if it were, say, a day before. You're going to look at every single place that he went all those times before that. He went to some fundraisers, things like that beforehand, and you're going to see that uh, he was potentially going around knowingly spreading around the coronavirus without any regard for other people's health and safety. And that would be a massive, massive thing. You know what Trump's tweeting response would be? I did Biden a favor. <laughs> Fake news. I de- That's what he would say. No, he'd say, I would did Biden a favor by debating him sick. Cause I, <laughs> if I was on the top of my game, I would have really kicked his ass. <laughs> Biden's, he, like there's a slip up by Trump where he's like, Biden's lucky I was sick with COVID when I had that debate. <laughs> like, oh crap. Let me delete that real quick. Like, Oops. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I'm going to get his Twitter disabled. I'm going to skip down just to a really big news piece for the day, which is what's going on with uh, governor Karen Whitmer up there in Michigan because there's a developing, no matter what her name is, it's Karen. a developing story. FBI says Michigan militia plotted to kidnap governor Karen Whitmer. They got her name wrong in there. Karen Whitmer. So this is coming from the New York times. I see Charlie's fixing it in the show notes right now. So we get that fixed up. Six men were arrested and accused of plotting with a militia group to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Gosh, I there see you put anything on the teleprompter and I'll read it. Uh, Governor Karen <laughs> Whitmer of Michigan, the authorities announced on Thursday. Two men who the FBI said espoused anti-government views had talked about taking Miss Whit- Whitmer, a Democrat, hostage since at least the summer, according to a criminal complaint filed in federal court and unsealed on Thursday. They had surveilled Miss Whitmer's vacation home in August and September, and they indicated that they wanted to take her hostage before the presidential election in November. Hmm. Richard Trask, an FBI special agent, said in the criminal complaint, he said FBI believed the men were planning to buy explosives this week for their attempt, and Epstein didn't kill himself. That's now yeah, that's in there too. <laughs> Several of the men had talked about creating a society in which they could be self-sufficient. And one said he wanted 200 men to storm the state house in Lansing, Michigan, the complaint said. Over the summer, the men gathered for firearms training, combat drills, and tried to make explosives. In July, one of the men said the group should take Miss Whitmer hostage and move her to a secure location in Wisconsin for a trial. The FBI said it had learned so much about the group by intercepting encrypted messages and because it had un- and it had undercover agents and confidential informants working with the group. Hmm. The six men, five of whom live in Michigan and one of whom lives in Delaware, were charged with conspiracy conspiracy to commit kidnapping, which can carry a life sentence. Wow. 
What? What? Hmm. Conspiracy to commit kidnapping can carry a life sentence? I've never heard of that. Literally seen people admit that they murdered people and get 20 years. 10. If they were married, the girl would get two. Good Lord, life sentence for conspiracy to commit kidnapping. I'm not saying, I'm not endorsing kidnapping here. But geez, that sounds a little bit uneven. (laughs) Let me tell you what. Sounds like a lot. More details were expected at a news conference later on Thursday with the state's attorney general. Karen Whitmer had been the subject of attack from right-wing protesters for measures she imposed to control the spread of coronavirus. Thousands of people gathered at the state capitol to protest the executive orders she issued shutting down most of the state to help stop the spread of the virus that has now infected more than 145,000 Michiganders and killed more than 7,000. In April, here's the, imp- here's the, here's the important part. Mm-hmm. In April... President Donald J. Trump, I'm glad we got that initial in there. I would have thought they were talking about another President Donald Trump, openly encouraged such protests, tweeting, liberate Michigan. Now, this has been the screenshot that's been all over Twitter when people are talking about this. Trump obviously is guilty of inciting kidnapping. Because he said liberate. (laughs) Because he said liberate Michigan. (laughs) So the the gay boys, I mean, the proud boys, the the protests featured some signs (laughs) The protests featured signs with swastikas, Confederate flags, and language that advocated violence against her, including one man who carried a doll with brunette hair hanging from a noose. Many in the crowd carried semi-automatic weapons. Ooh, those are worse than than your normal weapon. They have to be Mm -hmm. because the word automatic is in there. Yeah. Leading some Democrats in the legislature to call for a ban on guns in the Capitol. Republicans, the legislature sued Miss Whitmer in May. Now, remember, this is a now listen, she is a victim here. We're not condoning kidnapping, but we've got to make sure we pinpoint who's at fault here. Republicans in the legislature sued Miss Whitmer in May over the executive orders and opponents of her lockdown orders filed petitions with more than 500,000 signatures with the secretary of state last week to repeal the law that gives governor's authority to declare emergencies during times of public health crisis. The Michigan Supreme Court ruled last week that her use of the 1945 law was unconstitutional. I don't know if you saw that. We didn't talk about it, but they removed her. I did uh, see that. Yeah. And so so she was very upset about that. So uh, Mike Shirky, the minority, the majority leader in the Senate, wrote on Twitter that the threat against our governor is a threat against us all and called the men accused of the conspiracy traitors. Mm. We condemn those who plotted against her and our government, he wrote. They are not patriots. There is no honor in their actions. So we're going to have to have a very nuanced conversation right now. Very specific as to what we mean by this. I'm just going to say. You're about to toe the line, aren't you? I'm going to toe the line and I will start off. And people who want to fact check this can someday listen to the words that I'm saying. In no way would I ever condone any type of violent action against Governor Karen Whitmer. That includes kidnapping. Of, of course. That is, that is not something I would condone. But. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask the question, Charlie. At what point. I don't condone what they're talking about doing. What they were going to do. I wanted to know, though, is there ever a point where we don't condone what this was happening, but is there ever a point where people would have to take it upon themselves to um, take back some of their control over their own lives in some kind of way, and maybe against people who are in executive authority and taking those liberties away from them? Is there ever a point throughout human history where you would say it becomes okay to do this? Which I'm not saying is right now, but I want to know, is there ever a point? Uh, Yes. What do you think that would be? They didn't, you know, didn't really specifically spell it out of what the point is. (laughs) Joe said, there goes Nate's Facebook account. (laughs) (laughs) You're next in line, my friend. Welcome to this. Welcome to the disabled list. I've always wanted to be on disability. 
No, we both made a disability <laughs> joke at the same time. All right, there we go. You know, uh, you the know, very I got first a broken law. back, Charlie. So uh, it should be. Yeah, I need to file a disability claim anyway. You do. You front row parking, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Take advantage of those laws when you get a chance. It's not in any way um, making light of people who have real legitimate disabilities, and yeah. the fractured vertebrae in my back is nothing in comparison to people who have actual disabilities. Yeah. Like my dad and his no legs. Yeah. He, he's got much Lieutenant heavier. Dan. Yes. So I don't know if you know this, but or, well, let me ask you, do you know what the first law on the federal books is? The number one law. Um, like law number one. Don't talk about the federal books. No. Okay. No, this isn't fight. This isn't fight federal books. Okay. All right. <coughs> Club. No, the okay. first law on the books is the Declaration of Independence. Okay. I find it very interesting that Thomas Jefferson and his friends. Are you about to incite a kidnapping? Said, no, no. All I'm saying <laughs> is that, and I'm reading this directly. This is verbatim. Okay. That's Italian for this is exactly. Okay. <laughs> word for word. Word for word. It says in here, in the second paragraph. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends. Now, what would you say? What are these? What ends are he, is he talking about? Oh, well, that's easy. You just go back to the few sentences before he says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their, their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So when any form of government becomes destructive of all of that, the pursuit of those things, then it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Sorry, not and the pursuit of those things. My bad. I said that wrong. And to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. So I'm not calling, I'm not condoning those actions. All I'm saying is, there's another, uh, there's a JT that had some powerful words to say. Justin Timberlake? No. Oh. Oh, sorry. TJ. Okay. That's, I'm a little dyslexic sometimes. It goes with my disability. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Ever since you got banned from Facebook, your dyslexia has been on full, full throttle. Yep. This ex So you see what I mean by, um, this is a, like, to me, this is an interesting conversation because, you know, while, while I, oh, good Lord, how do you talk about this? How do you talk about it? Well, we're getting banned after this conversation. <laughs> there are probably black SUVs outside my house right now as we yeah. speak. Okay. Here's the thing in this day and age that this type of action would be the ultimate last resort. Um, and I wouldn't even say that I'm not saying to go after a specific person or anything like that. Um, but I would take a more defensive stance than a, than a, than an offensive stance. Yeah. If, if I need to invoke the declaration of independence for my safety and happiness, um, you would, you would maybe stand guard outside of your home and business um, to protect your, safety and happiness rather than, um, you know, plotting to kidnap a governor. That's not a and good then, idea at all. <laughs> and then maybe at that time where you decide to be defensive of your liberties and then you are aggressed upon by the government at that time, then, then you can defend yourself. We can start talking about conversations about removing that government in some kind of way. It's just a very difficult conversation to have because for us to for for us to ensure that we have some type of liberty in the future, we have to be willing to lay down our lives for it or the government will inevitably take it away. And so I cannot immediately jump on the train of these are obviously terrible right-wing militia. I've already seen them called white supremacists all over the place. I haven't seen anything about them saying that they were white supremacists, but that doesn't matter anymore. 
And so I can't just jump on the train of we have to uh, stop these evil, terrible white supremacist militia organizations from from doing these things without first talking about the conversation of all of us have to have that line drawn somewhere. And I don't know the people that were in the group. They, they might have been very heavily affected by some of these regulations. They might have had someone in their, I mean, I'm not saying this is the case, but maybe someone in their families killed themselves or something. Maybe they got, maybe they had cancer that they couldn't get screening for in some kind of way. Maybe they know people that had something like that. Everyone's got their own line. And Charlie says, well, my line is when someone comes to take my guns. But when you draw your line, you, you can't also be drawing the line for everyone else at the same time because everyone is different. And I, I would say if you were put in a position where some type of, of part of this lockdown led to Charlie, your son dying or your mom dying in some kind of way uh, because of what happened with the lockdown, maybe a business was completely destroyed. Your mom does own a business and it was very difficult and probably still is to operate that business. At what point in time does your line get crossed and how do you know that line for everyone else? And when do you decide it's appropriate for other people to take actions when their lines have been crossed? Mm -hmm. So it's a very, I don't disagree with that. And I, I'll push back and, and talk about the other side because I don't disagree with what you're, what you're saying there, but I will play the other side and say, we don't know anything about these guys. Perhaps they were using this as an opportunity to um, do something they shouldn't have done because we don't know anything about them. Yeah. Perhaps they were nefarious in their meetings. Perhaps they talked about other terrible things. Perhaps they maybe did do some, some bad things or were planning to do some bad things um, with, with no actual reason whatsoever. So both can be true because we don't actually know. Um, but this brings up a good point that we talked about in the pre-show, how they, are, they definitely wanted to include the word militia in this and in, in all these stories that we have here. Um, and they want to make these people look as bad as possible um, because now if you're a part of a militia, then you're automatically bad. Yeah. The militia is bad. I saw a lot of people on the left that were in fact, the basis of some of my, my, my tweet wars today uh, that were saying, well, when, when white people conduct, terrorist activities they're called militias and and so i responded with a tweet that i should not have tweeted with but i just wanted to present the opposite side of that which would be well when black people conduct terrorist activities they're called protesters <laughs> and that was not a uh that that was not a productive tweet and i don't even mean the full tweet I don't even I don't even actually mean that. I just wanted to present the opposite side of what he said because what he said was ridiculous. <laughs> so you, you could have clarified and you well you could have said that's like me saying. Yeah. Well, instead yeah. of saying that's like me saying, I just said it. Said it. <laughs> and so and uh, and like I've known the whole time since I tweeted it that I did not mean what that tweet sounds like and it needs more clarification. Now our Twitter's getting banned. Yeah. Uh, it needs you are gonna be shut down. It needs more clarification, but you're gonna Alex Jones us. <laughs> you're <laughs> the one that got his Facebook shut off already. Whatever you're doing over there, so I have no idea what happened. You know, are I'm you part of any? Are you part of any QAnon groups? Because I hear Facebook shut down all the QAnon groups yesterday. No, I'm not. No, I'm not a part of any of those. Okay. Um, I was a part of like. A second amendment group or something like that. Mm. Perhaps that's considered a militia now. Yeah, they're definitely trying to make. So anyway, what I was saying was uh, the people on the left were very upset about, oh, when white people are terrorists, they call them militias and people just lambasting the news and even the New York times for this headline right here saying, why are you calling them a militia? Call them terrorists. And I responded with, you, you realize they're doing I basically, they're doing your bidding for you. Like they're trying to tie the word militia to activities that people would clearly think are domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. 
And so they're trying to tie the word militia to that. They're doing your bidding for you right now. They're doing, they're doing what you want, only they're being smarter about it than you are. And they're playing the long game, Mr. Mr. Lefty, which is the word militia is now connected to Proud Boys, white supremacists, domestic terrorism, all this stuff. And I tweeted earlier, guess what? The founding fathers were domestic terrorists. They, they were. Yeah. The founding fathers were domestic terrorists. They and were. So that's why I think we have to have this conversation. It's not in defense of these guys specifically because I don't know anything about them whatsoever. My point is that we can't just outright condemn this as a blanket idea because we all have to entertain the conversation in our heads. Uh, is there a point where we would do this? What is that point? What is that line? Because well, if Nate, we, we've all been talking about it, just not over the microphone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here you go. Because if we don't have that line and we don't have the, the thing in the background that says, yeah, the government becomes too tyrannical by God, we're going to start doing something about it. If that does not exist, then where's the incentive structure? And you know what's BS is like, we can't actually have an open conversation about it. Yeah. Like, because then you could be, you know, picked up for cons conspiracy to kidnap or something, even though it's like, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Not specifically targeting anybody. I'm just saying there is a point that Thomas Jefferson pointed out in the Declaration of Independence. He pointed out that there is a point where government can be destructive of the ends of, of freedom. And when it reaches that point, not only can we do it, we're obligated. It's the right of the people to do it with an explicit right. Yeah. <clears throat> it's their duty, actually. Yeah. As it's their duty. It's their it's right obligation. and it's their duty. So basically, I just, I can't, I can't blanket condemn this as an idea because in doing that, I feel like I would be condemning the founding fathers as domestic terrorists and say that they should have all been hung for treason. And we're not at that point right now. That's not what this is. But they're, that point needs to be decided someday. It does. And we'll all talk about it privately uh, in better ways than these guys did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me, uh, let me read a little bit of the, se the second article that um, kind of uh, continues this. It says this from Raw Story. Militia that targeted Michigan governor also sought to kill cops. So NBC News investigative reporter Tom Winter provided details on Thursday about the militia plot to kidnap Governor Karen, and violently overthrow the government over her mask mandate. Winter explained that the FBI began monitoring social media conversations about the violent overthrow of the government and were able to use embedded agents and informants to thwart the plot. Quote, one of those informants came from a militia group in Michigan, and as a result, that they, that have they, were able to speak with the person who came forward because they were concerned that the militia was seeking to the addresses of police officers and wanted to kill police officers. He said one of the militia groups that was kind of associated or uh, tried to be brought in to be recruited by the people that were charged today in this plot to kidnap governor, uh, governor Karen was allegedly involved in one of those second amendment rallies at the Capitol in Michigan. Mm. Here you go. More ties. Second amendment rallies. Yeah. That's the thing. I was part of a Second Amendment group. I, that's I've been disabled. Yeah, allegedly involved in one of those Second Amendment rallies at the Capitol in Michigan. You gun owners are evil. Mm -hmm. For the mm -hmm. past several months, Republicans have alleged that Black Lives Matter protesters were responsible for violent attacks against police officers, and have tried to claim that supporters of the movement were our domestic terrorists. Can you read the? Can you read the sentence again where it says Republicans have alleged? that Black Lives Matter protesters were responsible for violent attacks. <laughs> mm -hmm. what? Not uh, what? here. What? Here, the, the, the headline says, Militia that targeted mission governor also sought to kill cops. Yeah. And they say and, that. But this idea that, what is this, is this idea that the Black Lives Matter protesters... I don't know if they're members of Black Lives Matter or if they are members of Antifa that are taking part in a Black Lives Matter protest. 
which, by the way, in my opinion, kind of makes you a Black Lives Matter protester at a Black Lives Matter protest when you're out there protesting for Black Lives Matter. But when you're making the claim that Republicans are alleging the Black Lives Matter protesters are responsible for violent attacks. Remember, this isn't even backed up by science, Charlie. This mm. is just a baseless allegation made by people on the right that the BLM protests have ended in violent attacks against police officers. Just completely without any sort of evidence. Yeah, none. And then it's interesting here. They say that uh, FBI Director Christopher Ray testified that opportunists, militia members, and anarchists were the majority of the instigators of violence at such rallies. Yeah. No Which, such other type of supporters. Opportunists, militia members, and anarchists. They specifically detail out militia members there again. It's it's just it's interesting. But. Well, but there's a there's a tricky wording there. He testified that those people were the majority of instigators of violence. And so that could listen, when you're speaking legally, what you're saying is who threw the first cocktail? Who was it? And then and then everything else happened after that. Who was it that threw the first punch? Who was it that that uh, set the first fire? And so when you say that those people were the majority of the instigators, then that does not mean the same thing as those groups were the majority of the people who commit the violent acts throughout all of the protests. It means the majority of the people who threw the first punch were members of Antifa or militia members, or anarchists, whatever. And then what happened after that? That's, that's, there's very, there's very detailed legalese happening right there when they, mm. when they word that. Because they're not saying the majority of the violent protesters were, there, were these people. It's the majority of the people who instigated the violence were these people. I don't know, I'm just, just saying. There's, you got to look at the words here. You know, to, words have meanings. The words that are coming out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that about probably wraps it up. What'd you say? Yeah, man, I feel pretty good about that. Um, once again, any Secret Service agents listening in right now, we do not condone, nor are we trying to incite or support any type of violence against any government authorities, mm -hmm. uh, family members. I simply recited the friends, Declaration of Independence, which these days can get you can get you blocked or banned on social <laughs> media. So uh, we 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 do not support or condone any of those things. We are not involved in a conspiracy to commit a future crime whatsoever. So anyway, guys, if you're in, if you're interested in day trading, go to mastermystonks.com. Go to mastermystonks.com and start learning about the stonk markets out there. Let me tell you what, things are getting nuts. We're about to go into the election, and that means there's going to be what? Opportunities. That's what there's going to be. Opportunities all over the place because stuff's about to get crazy. And when stuff gets crazy, day traders can make money. And so if you want to go to mastermystonks.com, you don't need to know a single word yet when it comes to the stonk market. We're going to walk you through everything with over 200 videos on the website you can sign up at three different levels you can sign up for the basic class you can sign up for uh, live pre-market plus live trading or you can sign up for all those things plus one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions uh, at least one time a month which everyone who's in those sessions know that basically at that time i'm available anytime you want to book a zoom call and so anyway, you can go to mashmystonks.com. It's never too late because there's a new stonk every single day. It doesn't matter that Tesla's up 1,200% or whatever because uh, there is a different stock every single day. It's up a whole bunch, and we're going to find ways to trade it and make money. All right? So mastermytrades.com, mastermystonks.com. Y'all sign up for the live group. I will be back in the live group at some point. I need to make a new Facebook now because I've been kicked out of the worldwide Facebook community for reasons unbeknownst to me. And so uh, I think I've made a list, but uh, hopefully with my high level of intelligence and computer knowledge, I will be back soon. Honestly, with today's episode, you're not doing yourself any favors. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, 
with new uh, with new gadgets. Magoo uh, well, Magoo wants to clarify he only supports the Declaration of Independence with the government's approval, of course. So, <laughs> well, you can be a status if you want to, Magoo. That's fine. <laughs> He's join, just trying to get his word out there so he doesn't get shut down. Join Nate's friend list. That's fine. <laughs> I will stand in solidarity of myself and my principles. But I'll be back with the Patreon group. So you guys sign up before I get back. That's uh, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Watch us live every single day of the week when we want to get in. It's only five bucks a month. Come on, y'all. It's not asking much. Lord have mercy. These other Patreon groups, they charge all kinds of things. (laughs) And we have all kinds of levels, too. Sam said, I know he said yesterday that there's other tiers. You guys need to pony up and put your mouth where your money is, money where your mouth is. Either way, fine. uh, but five bucks a month, that's that's all you really need. That's all we're asking. And all that money goes right back into us promoting this show so we can reach more people. And let me tell you, the numbers keep going up. I, I'm honestly shocked at the amount of listeners we have now um, since moving platforms. And we actually feel like we have an accurate count. So I really appreciate you guys continue to listen, continuing to share the show. We really appreciate it. Leave us that rating and review on iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell you want to call it. Leave it. If you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Uh, Poor kids are just as bright and just as wonderful as gay kids. White kids. <laughs> Sorry, my teleprompter went bunk. Uh, rapidly rising. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, A lot to say about Vermont and what a neat town.